This episode is brought to you by the content creators at Live City Media. They've been filming and editing since 2013 and know exactly what it takes to make your brand's online presence pop. Head over to livecity.media to connect with the team today. Hey everybody! It's good that you start for once. <laughs> I think I started hey man, last time, but yeah, I don't start too often. I felt like just going in there, securing the start of the episode. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we were just talking before the show started about the the housing crisis that's going on here in Canada. So that's been something that's been inadvertently on my mind the past couple of days. Just the cost of everything, the interest rates, inflation. It's kind of been tinkering with my mood a little bit as of late. Yeah. No, I mean I'm even if I'm not in your shoes, I can I can totally understand that. I mean I was lucky enough to like evade or just like do it right before the crisis, buying a new house, um, at a good price and the, the an interest rate that's still acceptable. But yeah, no, I can't imagine like what's left um, in your area and yeah, there's, there's what do you have much. access to. It must be pretty hard. My- I'm at three point seven, uh, yeah. and that's the best I could come. I could get like at the time last year. I think I can get Jesus a little Christ. bit lower. I think mine's probably closer to like six point five zero five. But like, I'd still be in the six percent range. That's for sure. So, it, it's a little hard right now. So it's it, it's something that's been a little bit on my mind. So, that, but that's why doing things like this podcast, it's good for the mental health. It's good. To, it's like, good just, for the mind. Yeah, it's, it's just for the mind. It's good to talk not only about our problems, yeah. but the things that we like, like movies and scotch, which is exactly what this podcast Movie, is. Movies and alcohol. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a winning and a combination it that is. we always celebrate on this podcast. And if you just so happen <laughs> to see the title of this podcast and you're like, hey, what's this? And what are these guys? Well, welcome to the show. Welcome back if you've been before. And we're going to be talking mainly about The Flash today. Mainly, and maybe I was wondering because right before we started recording, I was wondering if we should like just name drop a few like recent things we've seen, um, either on the small screen or big screen. Um, so I don't know, or should we just have like a flash episode and just put everything oh, on, into DC? I think we I should we'll, depend on your preferences. I think we can throw in a few things as well. Just naturally, the flash is going to be the thing that we'll be talking about the most. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no, it's sure. kind of the, the big story right now for multiple reasons. Uh, I got to see it early. You got to see it over the weekend. So I think that'll yep. consume a lot of our time. But I also watched Extraction 2 over the weekend. I don't know if you watched anything else. And I'm watching it this evening we right go. after we're finishing recording with my supper in hand. I'll, I'll watch it because I really enjoyed the first one. Well, no, it really is maybe is a big word, but I rather enjoyed the first one. Yeah, the first one for um, me was a really solid s- like 7 on 10. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoyed yeah. the sequel just a little bit more. It's probably like a 7. In terms 5. of the action, right? Not, this, not the storytelling, the action, right? The story's actually a little bit better. It's a little tighter. Oh, okay. The both a curse and a blessing for Extraction Two is that the there's like one action scene per act, and the first action scene is one of the best action scenes I've ever seen. It's amazing. <laughs> that's it. That's a big statement, it's man. I mean, we've so seen good. our fair share of action scenes. Uh, I mean, we've seen all the Mission Impossible yeah. movies, the well, Christopher Nolan movies, it's a uh, the John Wake movies. Yeah. Well, this one's okay. a 21 minute like faux one shot. And it is just fantastic. Like it's it's one of the best for sure. Like just the way it's framed, the editing, the pacing, what happens. It was so good. But because it was so good, subsequent scenes didn't like, have that same 
oof to it. So you you kind of you're hyping the yeah. So the first you're one's hyping so this good up, man. That All the right. other ones just seem kind of like okay. You're hyping this yeah. up, man. I mean, don't get. I hope. Well, it's fine that you get my hopes up, but I I hope I won't be disappointed. <laughs> with the with that All one right. scene, I All don't right. think I'll be disappointed. Like it was truly a technical feat, a technical marvel, and it's one of those examples where I think there should be a stunt category at the Oscars. It's just it was one of those caliber things where I was just like. Wow. The first one, when they did that fake one shot, you could see the stitching. Or like when they go through yeah. the window and you're like, that's a cut, that's a cut. I think mm-hmm. in 21 minutes, I noticed maybe two cuts. Like the, the cuts were so seamless and so invisible that it really gave an illusion of like being a 21 minute wonder. All right, man. Yeah. Can't, w- can't wait. Um, but I'm looking forward to this one. A good, like well-paced action film. Um, and I know that Extraction in the past was able to deliver. For, for the people who might not, not know, because I know it's been a while. The, the first one was, what, 2019? 2020. 2018? Yeah, during the pandemic. 2020, okay. Mm. Um, oh, it's been three years. All right. Um, so it's a movie with Chris Hemsworth, um, who's like an, uh, an agent. Yeah, I would say like it's fair to say. Like a, a mercenary Agent Boy, and yeah, it's hard to remember the first one, what actually happened. Well, there was like, the like, kid, and he got like taken by like some opposing mafia, and he took like the kids, uh, the the mafia Don guy over in India, if I'm not mistaken. He like captured. I think it's India. Yeah, yeah. he captures yeah, the son, and is, like holding him hostage, essentially as leverage, and then. Chris Hemsworth's character, Tyler Rake, has to come in, save the day, like rescue the kid and bring him back to his family. And the kid's yeah, like a really nice kid. Like he plays piano, kind of quiet, sincere. His dad's like this crime lord. So that's the situation. The second one, I thought the story was just, a, just that much more engaging. We can't go into spoilers. Again, I'm sorry because I haven't seen it. But um, yeah, you can read Sean's review uh, on Screen Hub yeah. Entertainment. Spoiler-free review as well. So. Spoiler-free review. If there's really that many spoilers to speak of, I'm not sure. But You're watching nah, this for no. the action. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's a solid uh, action franchise owned by Netflix. So if you were disappointed like I was in, a gr- in The Gray Man... Uh, that came out last year. I think this is maybe a nice, um, a nice alternative. Yeah. So uh, I'll definitely watch it after this. 100%. For sure. Did you watch anything? We didn't do our drinks. We didn't do our drinks. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that. I'll do. I'll do what I. I'll do my uh, my discoveries afterwards. Um, so yeah, um, what I have in front of me. So when I left work, there's an SAQ not far, um, our Quebec liquor store, and I wanted to go back into Scotch again. It's been a while, so. Um, I remember really liking this one when my dad actually had me try it because he had a bottle. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right, but you know Akintoshin, right? Yeah. 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 So this is what I have, the 12-year Akintoshin. Um, and I think it's matured into specific barrels. I'm just trying. They say it's triple distilled, which makes sense. But, um, okay, yeah, it's, it's in the bourbon and sherry tr- casks. So... Um, it's the normal, like, um, average one, the 12 year, but I do remember that I really like the scotch, um, for the price. Well, the price it's about 60 bucks, a little more maybe, but it's, it's, uh, I remember really enjoying this one and it still doesn't, doesn't disappoint. It's, it delivers. It's, it's, uh, it's a little higher on the peatiness, but there's a smokiness to it that I really appreciate. It's almost resonance like a uh, resonant of maybe the Beaumont, but the fourteenth mm. year, not the twelfth, which I, I prefer the fourteenth to the twelfth. And so you kind of have yeah. that like woody taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit woody taste, but um, there's still some like a, a sweetness in the back of the throat that you like that you feel. Um, so yeah, no, it's a really solid Scotch, and this one is actually not from. Um, like in um, a rural area in Scotland, and it's actually like downtown Glasgow. Okay. <laughs> so this, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, nobody goes it's to quite downtown good. Glasgow apparently. For uh, yeah, for the for the Scotch tour, no, exactly. Maybe they have some other facilities in Scotland, but I, they, they say it was founded there, and I think the main bur- the main distillery is still there. 
But man, it's a, it's a good scotch for the price. Uh, I really like this one. I think it's one of my go-tos uh, uh, at ACQ whenever I can find it. So nice. there you go. I'm trying a new one for me on my end today. I picked up a little airplane bottle version of this when I was coming back from Venice. Never tried before, saw an airplane model little baby bottle. So I figured here's a good time to try, see if I actually like it or not. But Johnny Walker Black Label. I almost picked it up. <laughs> I almost picked it up when I, I was looking at scotches at ACQ. Like it was like, oh, maybe should I, I should take it again. But okay, I'm really curious about what you think yeah, of this one because I've, it was. Yeah, go ahead. I've sorry. tried the red, and I I had the red on the show before, and it was gross. Uh, and it's not good. I've no. had the blue label as well, and I thought it was kind of overrated for the price. So that one's over three hundred dollars Canadian now. And I was like, yeah, it's really? pretty expensive. I mean, it doesn't taste like three hundred dollars. I I have bottles here that are less than a hundred that taste better than Johnny Blue I found, but everyone keeps propping up Johnny Black as being like the best or one of the best in the Johnny Walker label. So figured mm. I would give it a shot. Why not? I've not been a fan of Johnny Walker so far, but here's to trying new things. Here's to trying new things, man. Um, Johnny Walker Black is actually, I think, the um, my first real experience where I was discovering my palate into scotch. That was a while back. That was like in 2016, 2017, 2016, I think. But enough of me. What uh, You just tasted it. What do you think? So it's very different than the Johnny Red. Johnny Red kind of yeah. has like a really cheap flavor to it. This reminds me a lot of the Glenfiddich 12 a lot it has oh interesting yeah really yeah it has a bit of a smoky texture to it but it also has that sweet undertone it's not like wood chip peaty or anything but it's definitely smoky but it also has maybe like vanilla on the underside definitely not like a citrusy thing definitely like something lighter like a vanilla maybe a honey but it has that smokiness it doesn't burn going down, but it is warm going down. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I remind me. It remind me. Mind reminded me of. <laughs> sorry, it took a while to say that word. Um, because the vanilla, they actually pointed out in the description of the, the the Johnny Walker Black. But like for people who actually enjoy tea, if you like Earl Grey mm. with like extra vanilla, this is the, Johnny Walker Black is really resonant of this with like a, a powerful kick. Um, and I really like the taste of vanilla, so that's why Johnny Walker Black. When I started it, uh, I started drinking Scotch. Um, it's always one that I appreciate, and sometimes I, I bite a bottle. It's been a while, but um, if you're looking for a good Johnny Walker at a fair price, like forget the red, like disregard the red completely. Yeah. Johnny Walker Black is your your first uh, your first yeah. pick. I, w- I would buy it because I would add it to my collection. Yeah. yeah, and it's twelve year. It's a twelve year age um, age whiskey, so it's not it's not like the the, the cheap like uh, I don't know uh, coloring and taste of the yeah, the red one because there's a, no age statement. A strong like brown orange color, very like amber, as opposed to being yeah. like very watery, diluted, almost yellow like the Johnny Walker Red. Yeah. But I should next time around, I'll try to remember maybe to retry um, a Johnny Walker because it's it's one maybe it's the biggest most uh, bought um, Scotch brand in the world. It's certainly um, one of the most recognizable name brands, like without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's the double black, which is like a more smoky version of the of the normal um, the Johnny Walker Black. But I think my favorite of all, and I, I tried the Johnny Walker Blue, which was the, 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 the higher, the premium bottle of Johnny Walker, the most expensive one. My favorite is actually the Gold Reserve. I mm. really like that scotch. I like the, the orange honey sweetness of it. I think it's a more, because I'm a bourbon fan, so sometimes right. I like a scotch that is a little sweetier. This one does this for me. So if I had to pick like my favorite my, uh, if and if you like that sweetness and the whiskey, I would say that 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 your go to whiskey that your do- go to I would say color in the Johnny Walker lineup 
Uh, if you want to spend 90 bucks on a, on a whiskey bottle, it's it's going to be John and Walker Gold. I think that's the best one. Yeah, uh, and a regular-sized bottle it. of Johnny Black is what, ballpark 50 Yeah, I would say so. A little, maybe a little more, but around fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a good one. It's a good. uh, It's a good. It's a good starter for Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah, for sure. And there's a double black as well. Yeah, Yeah. double double black, green, gold. um, Platinum. Well, the red, of course. Sorry. Is there a platinum one? Uh, They used to sell it. I'm not even sure if you can find it easily, but maybe there's an 18 year platinum. Uh, Johnny Walker. I'm not sure if it's you can find it easily. Maybe in other provinces or like in the U.S. But yes, there's a 18, 18th platinum, yeah, and then you the, the gold, blue. and then you get the blue at the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure, good stuff though. Yeah, pretty Johnny good. Walker, Enjoy it. But, uh, would recommend, especially if you like. I said like the Glenfiddich 12. I think that's yeah. uh, comparable, which I do. Interesting. So, yeah. I need to I need to re um, retry Glenfiddich 12 because I don't I don't see that resemblance. But yeah. all right, interesting take. All right, the sujet du jour, yeah. subject of the day. Subject of the day. The Flash. The Flash. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay? I fight to save this one. Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. Time has a pattern that it can't help reliving. Different people, different worlds drawn to each other like magnets my face you stole my face if you were to go into the past you have no idea what the consequences can be Bruce I could fix things you could also destroy everything this can't be happening I completely broke the universe We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help? Oh. You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. Um, spoilers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I think so, so here's your spoiler alerts. Yeah, it's been out for yeah, a few spoiler days alerts now. Spoiler alerts. Um, we both saw it. I got to see it yeah. early thanks to uh, a press screener from Warner Brothers for the Screen of Entertainment blog. I tried to get two passes, yeah. but they they were like, nope, we only got one. And then I actually, Lucky I, well, I got <laughs> to the, 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 the media check-in table, and he was like, how many tickets do you want? And I'm like, What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, like I, I was told, I should have been there. Yeah, but it's fine. I had a good time with my girlfriend, even though she's not into superhero movies. Um, I try to reason with her and say, "You don't know what this means to me." Like my, the Batman of my childhood is back on screen. And that's actually like, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. What did you think about Keaton's iteration of Batman in this movie? thought it was pretty good um i didn't like his first scene when he's all like the beard and the kitchen i didn't like this kitchen scene i think it was too campy i thought the rest i thought yeah i thought it was weird that they were hiding him for so long like with the fight his face is obscured and we're all like we know it's batman he's in the trailer (laughs) he's on the poster like what's the big surprise and we're lacking context around like what happened to him because we like for sure we know Alfred is dead mm-hmm. like the, the 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 old version of Alfred from the nineties Michael Goff for sure we know he's dead, but it's never really referred to that much. Um, 
we just know that it's supposed like this dimension of Gotham or this multiverse of Gotham basically is that okay well, it's a peaceful city like Batman did his work yeah. and he's like out of work basically he doesn't need to to be Batman anymore so he's just like a a retired exiled a Batman recluse. a little bit, bit like a, no a little bit like um Christian Bell in The Dark Knight Rises yeah. kind of similar ish but the difference uh, is, is Christian Bale saw himself as a failure and this Batman kind of achieved what he wanted so I'm kind of yeah. worried, curious as to like why he didn't just continue on as Bruce Wayne and like live a life yeah, so exactly. there are some unanswered questions for sure but it was nice to see Michael Keaton back. I thought the movie actually could have used more of him, personally. True, true. I mean, yeah, he arrived. Halfway? He arrives in the movie. I would say halfway. Yeah. Uh, and he's pretty much in all the sequences after that. But like, yeah, it's he. We're, we're, we're we don't have that many scenes with him. But the ones we do have, they're good. Um, and I thought that I could really see that, like Michael Keaton is 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 like excited to get back yeah, in the role he wasn't because he really it. gave it. No, exactly. He was he was good. Like I could really recognize his Batman from Batman Returns in Batman eighty nine. So all the scenes of him as Batman were great. Um, the Batwing scenes phenomenal. And when he's fighting, I like that he's quicker, more agile. Even if he's older, but that's what we were missing from the original Batman movies is because of the technology mm-hmm. of the time. Like his costume couldn't allow him to move really well. But now he really moves. Yeah. Um, but so it still feels grounded. Yeah. It doesn't feel crazy like Robert Pattinson's Batman, which was like really quick and really violent. This fighting style feels segregated from like Ben Affleck's and Robert Pattinson's. It, it's unique at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, true, true, true. But no, he was one of the strongest aspects of the film, I yeah. think, Michael Keaton. I think the strongest uh, we aspect used of the more movie of him, was... But- Ezra Miller, ironically. True. Yeah, true. I, he was good in the movie, Ezra Miller. I think we have to give him that. He they. was pretty good. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> because there's dual, well, dual because yeah. Because he goes by the, well, Ezra Miller goes by the they pronoun as well in, in real life. I didn't know that, yeah. but thank you for uh, reminding <laughs> me. So they, Israel Miller, they were pretty yeah. good. I, I get um, very, an apologies to anyone listening, but that's one of those things I struggle with the pronouns. Uh, I'll just knee jerk, like almost like a visualization in my head. So if I do slip up or Fred slips up, apologies for that. <laughs> apologies in yeah, advance. We are but, trying. Uh, no, yeah, t- note taken. I'll uh, uh, there. It's day for yeah. now uh, for for the rest of the show. Um, so overall appreciation of the film. You can start, um, and I'll do mine as well. But I think we had a s- kind of similar appreciation of the film. Yeah, um, I think we both really enjoyed it. It's not a flawless film, but overall, I would say it's pretty. It's a pretty good. Yeah, film. I gave I it a, a seven point five on ten in the, on the review on the site. I think the story, the core story was really good like um yeah. i won't spoil the main ah, we're doing spoilers it doesn't matter um ezra miller's barry allen is days before the appeal case for his dad and that kind of has him feeling a little nostalgic to remember berries and he's thinking about his mother uh, she died and his dad took the blame for it and it's kind of implied that Zack snyder's justice league is canon because of the time travel and Mm. Barry opts to go through time and he wants to basically change something in the past to allow his mother to stay alive and like any good old time traveling movie you mess with one thing and you break everything that's just how time traveling works the Simpsons like Homer steps on a bug and boom everything's changed so naturally, he breaks the timeline. And what I really liked about it with the core story is that he comes across this younger version of himself. And this younger version has no powers at the start, has no. his mom, has his dad, goes to school, seems liked, energetic, he's loved. He's everything Barry doesn't have, except for the powers initially. And this is really interesting 
mentor relationship where Barry has to learn from himself how to be a hero because the prime Barry loses his powers when the young Barry gains his powers. So I thought that was really cool. It was this story of self-discovery and acceptance that was quite well done, yeah. I found. Where the movie stumbled for me was Supergirl. I thought you could have taken yeah, her third out act. of the movie yeah. and nothing would have changed because she was a plot device. She was not a character. And I said, you could take her out, nothing changes. Because the Zod thing is not the main point of the movie. It's more of no. an excuse to get us to the end point of the movie. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, that whole thing could have been reworked, tweaked. Because she was more of a plot point as opposed to a character, like we, we don't understand her, her hopes and dreams, her characteristics, personalities, etc. I think it would have been a lot better if we brought in a familiar actor to play Superman. In my review, I specifically mm. cite either maybe Brandon Routh, Tom Welling from Smallville, or even Henry Cavill. I think it would have benefited for us to have an emotional anchor because we're being introduced to this new version of Supergirl, and we're like, who is this character? You never yeah. find out. It doesn't matter either. So that was a yeah. big letdown for me, personally. Yeah. As well as the CGI. Yeah. CGI was... Well, it was not great. CGI was not great. It's one of the, I think, the biggest I mean, like, the two berries looked really good, for example, like... That's still technically. It depends. Depends though, because if you're in a shot where you see both of them like looking at each other, one of them you can see that it's a CGI face. Interesting. So you just I didn't like it, that. you can. I I did. Mm. So yeah, no, it's the CGI. I don't know why it was so rushed, but you can tell definitely the tell. The CGI babies and, at the beginning, the baby shower. Oh yeah, Whoa. bad, pretty bad. It made. Oh, and even just the, the cameos at the end as yeah. well when the the multiverse planets like collide was pretty brutal any, but we'll get into CGI that in a second face in the yeah. time I, I can't even remember what it's called like that void where it almost looks like a ripple i guess the voids yeah yeah what they're they're like in the the space between times yeah. or something yeah. all the people in there uh, kind of just looked like rubber neo from matrix reloaded when during true, the true, it's true so i and all these actors were in the movie so i'm like why didn't yeah. they just film them on against the green screen and director Andy Muschietti said he wanted to create this like ethereal otherworldly not real sense but I'm not buying it I think that was a really lame excuse Uh, personally I want to I want to jump back uh, rebound on what you um, you just said so um, overall I think I I I liked it as much as you did and I had the similar issues with um, the CGI uh, but the performances were good. I mean, I, I, Michael Keenan, Ezra Miller, all of them really good. Um, I think, you know what? You referred to the time travel piece not being canon outside of the Zack Snyder Justice League. But I think we might be wrong. Because if I remember correctly, in Dawn of Justice, Batman v Superman, the Flash comes back in time in a brief scene... And Bruce Wayne thinks it's a nightmare, but it's actually true. But yeah. he like he has a vision where he talks to Bruce Wayne and he tells them like he tells he t- he tells him to fear Superman basically. Well, he says uh, because find in a, Lois, find Lois. Yeah. But he says like you should fear Superman yeah. like, or something like that. So it, it, the the time travel piece actually exists in in that That's universe. True. So it's true. it's canon. It's canon. I forgot but, about the um, sequence. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen BVS, and understandable why it's just okay <laughs> well i i learned to appreciate it i like with, that director's cut a lot better by. but i've only seen the director's cut once yeah uh i do agree with you with everything regarding supergirl and the superman arc like at the i think in the third act of the film um because it's true like she's introduced really quickly we don't have that much context and then she's dispatched really quickly as well yeah. um, because we see that in this multiverse Superman is dead like yeah. quote unquote like he, Zod found him and he killed the baby basically yeah. um, but I'm, I'm like why didn't you guys found somebody who we relate to at first why didn't they, they didn't they take 
like the Supergirl from the um, the su the series. So I mean, it's Melissa Benoist. Why yeah. didn't they take her? Like I mean, okay, she's part of the multiverse. Bring her in as Supergirl. We know her. Uh, that can be good. And same thing if they want to do. Um, if actually they change it and actually do a multiverse Superman that is not Henry Cavill, I'm like, okay, you have other options. Bring back Tom Welling. I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's not working right now. I'm pretty sure he can be Superman again. Well, he's going to be at the, um, uh, the Montreal Comic Con this year, along with like, true. all the Smallville cast. There's going to be this big reunion panel happening, and I'll, I'll go sit on that panel. We'll, we'll I'll write an article yeah, about we'll, it. We'll do, we'll go together. Yeah. Um, and Brendan Ralph, same thing. I'm not sure he's working that much. I mean, if sh I'm pretty sure he could have come back. Uh, yeah. Could have come back. I'm Superman. So again, they they missed. I think they they missed an opportunity there. Hundred percent. They missed the opportunity um, to include the Arrowverse in general during that whole like worlds collide sequence. So yeah. if you if you haven't seen the movie and don't care about spoilers, uh, towards the end of the movie, just like reality is crumbling and like all these multiverses are crashing into each other, and you see CGI Christopher Reeves and yeah. really CGI Nicolas Cage. I wasn't even sure if it was real or <laughs> Which not. Was so the I was just big, like, what? Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's him. But yeah, it's true. It's basically this is DC's response to Spider-Man No Way Home, just yeah, as an FYI. It was but it's nowhere near as good. Not not as well executed. But basically, yeah, there's a scene at the end where the two berries are like in again, how did you call it? You said it's like the the, the space see if I can find between times I don't know how it's called, but they're in like an empty space where everything around them spins and it's time. It's like a time continuum safe space where they can just take a breath and like choose where where they're going in time. And something really interesting happens there actually, and again, full spoilers, but we discovered that Early on, what caused Barry Allen, like the original Barry Allen, to arrive in another time uh, or, in not, or another um, time-space continuum is that he was actually pushed by some sort of supervillain, like made of electricity. We don't know who that was. And you're just like, oh, that's weird. And he just like lands um, at a time where his original, well, he, he, as Barry Allen, is younger and doesn't have his powers. And Bruce Wayne is actually another Bruce Wayne, which is older, which is Michael Keaton. And in that space, later on in the movie, we actually realized that the the sort of mutant that actually kicked him out of his of his run was himself. Yeah, the younger was actually his young, older the version. The younger version, exactly, because we realized that during the battle with Zod, they all lose. And every single time that Barry tried to go back in time to stop Zod. He always fails. Mm -hmm. And Supergirl gets killed. And everybody else gets killed. Michael Keaton, Batman, Batman gets killed. So the younger version, the, the younger Barry, who's like more immature in discovering his powers, doesn't take it. He's like, no, no, we need to restart time every single time and try to fix this. And it drove him crazy. And actually always, like for eternity, gets back in time. And that like changes him in a way because he gets wounded and whatnot. Yeah. It kind of becomes so like this weird I, version of the reverse flash in a way. Yeah. And that that actually like is an interesting take on the character. Yeah, agreed. So the 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 flash that is actually wounded by the, the death of his mother is actually more mature and like able to accept death mm -hmm. around him and Finally. like no we need we can't Exactly, and the the younger one who can't because he never kn he never knew this. Like, no, no, we need to fix this. Yeah. So and he has the powers so, yeah, this is that were just given to him, and his first reaction is, "I can fix it." When yeah. some of these things you just can't, you have to accept. You that just you can't. can't. Yeah. Which is a very Superman it, story in a way, for all your power. Superman story. And it made me think of you know Doctor Strange. Uh, answer in Avengers Infinity War when he's like every scenario that I run in the future or always lands with the same thing mm -hmm. is that like they Thanos lose. wins yeah. but if apart from one option where I die so that's actually kind of similar ish to that reference but I really like that 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 narrative so basically what happens in that scene is that they the, all the multiverses collide and you have some 
pretty intense cameos. One of them being you have Christopher Reeve, like CGI Christopher yeah. Reeve appearing with the Supergirl of the time. And I, I don't know. I don't remember her name, but I know the movie was terrible and a flop. So we see her. And then <laughs> that was that, that again, there's another cameo at the end of the movie that killed me more. But this one is pretty intense is that you actually see a, a Superman with longer hair fighting like a, a giant crab or something on Scorpion. a remote planet. Scorpion? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I thought it looked like a crab, but okay, a scorpion. Well, it's a scorpion then, like, because that's how it was written to be in the original script for that movie. It's crazy. Yeah, okay. I have an article they about made it, that. <laughs> they made an interesting reference to a Superman that never was, yeah. but it was supposed to be. And that's actually Nicolas Cage's spy, uh, Superman. Yeah, from uh, Tim Burton's suppo- Superman Lives. So for Superman Lives, which, which was planned after Batman Returns yeah. and where Superman and Batman were supposed to meet. And that movie never happened. Yeah, and Kevin so, Smith was originally one of the writers on that. And then just it went through yeah. development hell. Uh, Christopher Walken was in talks. Uh, Chris Rock was signed as Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Kevin Spacey was in talks to be uh, Lex Luthor, and he was eventually signed on for Superman Returns. He was Returns. eventually, yeah. Um, and I'm forgetting. So, oh, Courtney Cox was being considered for Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Yeah. Interesting. So that was going to happen, and there's photos out there of Nicolas Cage in of the suit with the, the long Superman hair. In the Superman suits. And yeah. the late John Schnepp has a documentary about what happened, why didn't this movie happen, essentially. <laughs> So we, we got to see the ending of that movie where Superman fights the giant scorpion because that movie was going to be all about Lex and Doomsday and there's this giant scorpion fight at the end of that movie for whatever reason and we kind of got to see the end of it for like five seconds. For like five seconds. And again, Nicolas Cage was fully CGI so I don't know how much of him they actually used yeah, for that scene. I don't scene, know if he was like but... on set as reference but... Yeah. yeah, he didn't look that good. Um, Took so, me out yeah. of the movie, but yeah, me too. Yeah. But again, I I kind of like that reference. Like I'm too. like, okay, it's they went cut. that far. Yeah, it's a deep cut. It's if you don't cut, understand the history, yeah, you you'll be like, why is Nicolas Cage in this movie? And that's why I wrote the article. But with two CGI cameras, that's all you you get. On, um, there's the flash from the TV show as well, like that the old TV show. Like from the what the seventies, yeah. You have the old Flash, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have um, the old Superman. I think you have a reference of Adam West's Bruce yeah. Wayne in Batman, also. But I'm surprised they didn't um, pull from like the Flash TV show. Like, where was uh, Grant? I know. Yeah, I don't know why. Again, maybe it's the conflict between like the everything that was on what CW yeah, basically. Yeah, the CW and still WB at the end of the day, and. Why get a few CGI cameos? Like at the end of the day, there's like three and a half essentially. They're all CG. Yeah. They don't look very good. Why not just call the Arrowverse people and they can? Because Ezra Miller shows up in the Flash at one point. Yeah. Why not have yeah. the Flash TV show come to the big? It was a very unusual discussion, and I can't help but wonder if there were things left on the cutting room floor. Um, I'm, again, with everything, the movie has been so pushed, and again, I think they had maybe post-production problems, so it's possible because they they cut Bad Girl entirely, so yeah. that's also something to consider. But yeah, overall, I think I agree with you that it's, it's a seven point five, but but it's still uh, okay. Before I talk about the final cameo, which is quite interesting mm-hmm. in the movie, um, <laughs> people are saying that this might be actually the best. DC EU well DCU movie since I would say Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I've heard some I people say since Dark Knight. Ki- to which I say no, well I, I say no, yeah. but bullshit. But okay, let's say since Dark Knight Rises, people are actually saying this might actually be the best DC movie. Uh, do you agree with I that? I do not. No? no. Which would be the the, the best? Probably Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman first. Yeah, the first Wonder Woman. Mm. Um, Wonder Woman was just—it was a much tighter script, uh, with believable characters and believable stakes. At the end of the day, it was a CGI nonsense third act, but prior to that, it was an incredibly strong movie. The Flash is certainly in the top half, though I would say. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we agree on that for sure. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I'm going to be bold. And since I'm so attached to the Batman character overall, um, even though I did a, a, like I did really like the first Wonder Woman movie, I think it's it's maybe I would agree that it is maybe the best yeah. DC me- movie since Dark Knight Rises. I, uh, I would say excluding the I Christopher mean, Nolan ones because I, I want to segregate them from the DCEU. I would say for me it's probably Wonder Woman and then Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I just really, really like. And then it's probably Flash. Mm, true. True. Yeah, I forgot to rank uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Maybe it's Zack Snyder's Justice League and this land's second. But Wonder Woman, I, Wonder Woman I liked, but I, I don't think I refer to it that much as like a super movie that I want to rewatch. Like The Flash, I could rewatch. Mm. Um, I own Wonder Woman. So, <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely like Sean said, one of the better DC movies mm-hmm. of the last 10 years for sure. So watch it. I yeah. think it's worth your time. It's an imperfect, um, but engaging superhero movie. Like if you can yeah. forgive its shortcomings and there are plenty of shortcomings, I think at the end of the day, acting and story elevates this material. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it has third tier problem or like third, like the the third third act problems. Oh, yeah. third, act um, <laughs> third act is a little bit of a mess, but the rest of the film is pretty good. Michael Keaton as Batman is is really nice yeah. to see the him score back is again. Really it works too. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so spoiler, he dies. Back basically, I think they're not able to save him in any multiverse. So. But it's fine because it actually, again, like considering how old Michael Keaton is, like 70 or something like that, he can't play Batman again. But I think that the the characters and the mindset, an interesting mindset was like, okay, well, I don't have that much left to live for. So if I'm going to battle one last time or I'm going to fight one last time as Batman, he needs to matter. So when he dies, like, okay, I did did my part. Like, I, I can die peacefully now. I'm like, I... I, I fulfilled my 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 duty, and so that's why. Even though I was a little sad to see him like with the the blood on like around his mouth and the flash holding him, he's like, and he refers to a line that Ben Affleck. Well, there's actually Ben Affleck's Batman as well in the 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 opening of yeah. the film. We said, oh, another time, kid. We'll have a drink another time when Barry Allen asks him for for a drink. So and he says exactly the same thing. He's like, oh, another time, kid. So you're just like, oh, that's nice. But I didn't feel sad because I, I felt like, no, he achieved this promise. Like he delivered and it's time for him to go because again, he can't, he can't do it anymore. He's too old. Even if he's still competent or capable. I mean, it's, it's a nice way for him to, to go. He's, he doesn't have anything else mm-hmm. to list, to live for. So I felt at ease on how they actually like dispatched Michael Keaton, Batman at the end of the movie. Uh, because again, he was battling like freaking superhumans. <laughs> so I'm like, he definitely okay, leveled up like, his, uh, his antagonist uh, game. Yeah, like Michael Keaton's Batman can't fight Zod's man. No. Like I mean, no, that that that's not happening. <laughs> he can't do it. No. So yeah, so yeah, that that was actually kind of well done. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about the final yeah. <laughs> the final cameo of the film. So I this one I've never anticipated would coming. ever happen. Uh, apparently no, at CinemaCon which happened many months ago the movie actually cuts when you see the foot hits the ground and a lot of people were like oh i like that because it leaves the door open for the successor batman whoever is going to be in brave and the bold which andy muschietti is going to be directing I don't know about but that. But they shot it with Michael Keaton, if not, I'm not mistaken, I think right? They because shot it with Keaton, I think but they still just cut it. They up. shot it with Keaton, but yeah. because they thought that they played with alternate endings, and I thought that maybe, okay, they actually make him live, but make him the Bruce of his reality right now yeah. is that he comes back. They, the one that but, they screened, yeah. they just showed the foot, and everyone was like, oh, nice, yeah. like ambiguous open ending. This ending had George freaking Clooney. And yeah. at first, I got a, like a, a an eye roll, chuckle, laugh out of it. So I was like, Haha, "Oh no, they went there." And the more I thought about it, the more problematic I thought that ending was. <laughs> well, 
problematic. In the sense I don't know because again, James it's Gunn more. Is, it's played for laughs. It's played for because laughs. Yeah, but James the, Gunn is rebooting the, the DCU. Don't forget. So the I idea know. was that this movie was going to reset the the DC universe going forward. So, in that sense, yeah. George Clooney is George should Clooney be... the Batman now? <laughs> like, no. it, it, it creates can, a few more yeah. problems than it fixes by including him there. And and then when you go to the post credit scene, which was a waste of time, but waste of time. Yeah. Jason Momoa's Aquaman is there, so it's like, how is Jason? And he's drunk. And he's drunk <laughs> surprise. But how is Jason Momoa's Aquaman there when Ben Affleck's Batman isn't? And all of a sudden yeah. it it gets way too confusing to think about the logistics of the end of the movie. Thanks to those two cameos. Yeah, no true. But I mean, again, there's a few reasons why I really didn't anticipate Clooney to be there because well, first, I mean, we know which movies he's been in. He's been in Batman and Robin, which everybody disowned that movie. And I think that even (laughs) George Clooney disowns this movie and he doesn't, I think he doesn't even acknowledge that he was at one time Batman. I think he's not really proud of it. So to have him back as Bruce Wayne, and we know that his Bruce Wayne in Batman and Robin, even though that movie's terrible, he's not completely bad. He's kind of good yeah, as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I would say he's fine. Um, I would say he's fine. So again, maybe there's two ways. Maybe it's just played for a laugh. And again, I'm really surprised he accepted to return. So it's played for a laugh that is like, okay, it's just to end this on a funny note. And we know that won't lead to anything, but it's just a, a funny cameo. All right, that's one thing. One thing they can actually do, and we spoke about this, I think, first time we actually speak about The Flash when we it was announced that Michael Keaton was coming back, is that, well, if in the next phase of the DCU, they're actually considering, like, the Batman Beyond kind of time frame. I don't know what kind of deal they want to they struck with Clooney, but if he plays the older Bruce Wayne, the older Batman, who's coaching the younger Batman, the 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 new I don't know what's the Drake I think is it Drake oh, the name for, of the new Batman um, in Batman Beyond. It's it's I, I don't remember his yeah, name, but it, he, if they're playing with that concept that okay there's a young a older bruce wayne teaching a younger batman to actually fight crime that can actually work and but again there my thought would be oh michael keaton is actually like the perfect older bruce wayne to actually teach a younger batman but again they decided to kill him off Mm -hmm. so that's why i thought that oh it's an interesting segue into a multiverse or where he's they're rebooting batman beyond which would be nice but now I'm just wondering, okay, are they, like you say, are they going to use George Clooney in that matter at all or not? Yeah, because they're, they're going to do Brave and the Bold, which is where Batman is training his son. So maybe they can pull elements from beyond and just reappropriate them. Maybe? I yeah. don't know. I maybe. A- I don't Andy know. Andy Muschietti is directing this Batman movie. So he he could very well keep Clooney because he's the one who decided to put Clooney in the movie, and that just could be his segue to his next movie, where there's an older Batman could, teaching it, Damian Wayne. It could again. I'm not against it. I'm just curious of all the Bruce Waynes they took. They 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 chose George Clooney. It was either Clooney just, or right. Bale essentially <laughs> at that point because you can't. Unfortunately, they could have. T- uh, uh, yeah, Val Kilmer. Unfortunately, he can't. They can't choose him because of this of this condition but i think i would have been maybe a little more comfortable with christian bell in the role but sure. I'm, I'm not sure he would have said he would have said i don't yes. think he would like, have either i think he put it behind him. so they don't have that many options but again even though i would have seen michael keenan in the role is even more because in the more grumpy old bruce wayne teaching a younger one i was like michael keaton can do it he looked the part um but George Clooney, I mean, sure. I mean, if they think he can actually do the older, grumpier Bruce Wayne, but he didn't leave that impression at yeah, all. He was in his cameo. It was suaveness. just suave, suaveness and just like trying to bully Barry a little bit because he said, oh, you're Batman. And he's like, Barry, yeah. 
you don't say that. I'm not Batman. No, no. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's cool, I guess. But all right, you just need to sell me that George Clooney can be a serious and grumpy Bruce Wayne teaching a younger Batman yeah. moving on. If they can succeed, sure, I'm I'm down for that. What do you but, think about Andy Muschietti doing the Batman movie? I don't. Well, I don't. I don't have a solid opinion. I mean, I have to wait and see. But, but like, just based on again, it's directing in the Flash. Going forward to direct the Batman movie, that's he's going to be doing for the DCU. Like, well, if it can fix, if they can fix this, the the visual effects. I mean, the VFX of like the movies is he's attached to yeah because it i mean it had he, some rough cgi as well which he also yeah. directed so if he can fix that i'm i'm sure i'm I, I won't i don't mind it again it's just it's a lot of batman and different multiverses because we have the robin pattinson batman yeah, part still two. going part two coming you have the Joker part two, and still maybe it's going to be another version of, of Batman in that movie. Yeah, we don't we know don't yet. Know. And we also have uh, the Penguin show. And you have the Penguin show. So it's just like, fuck. It's like so many Batman verses going on at the same time. Yeah. So I'm just sure, but which just be careful, I guess. Yeah, which so, kind of segues yeah. gracefully into which I guess will be our closing topic, but is the, the box office performance for The Flash. Because which is underwhelming. It didn't do very well. Yeah. The Flash made less money no. than Black Adam, and Black Adam didn't do very well at the box office. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's the nail in the coffin of the Snyderverse. I think we can. It's fair to say that it's officially this is the nail. Like Black Adam was not. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, barring Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which crushed it, superhero movies in general, especially DC, have had diminishing returns over the last. Two years, let's say. Yeah. yeah. And one has to wonder, is the low turnout for The Flash a byproduct of Ezra Miller's behavior? Or is it superhero fatigue? Or is it both? I think it's both. You think uh, You think Ezra Miller, the Ezra Miller situation had a lot to do with this, you think? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell because, again, we're not in the U.S. We don't know how people are actually perceiving this. But uh, superhero fatigue, I would say 100% because, again, Marvel has the same problem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so I would say for sure that is one of the causes. Yeah, which is when you say it, talk about, like, all the Batman projects that are coming out. I'm already yeah. kind of like, eh. when you say all that, I'm like, eh, okay. Is because they're giving us so much of the same Kool Aid, and you just like no, just that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. Like it's you think it is, it's not necessarily. So I have a feeling that, the, and it's the same thing with with shows like Star Wars and like giving us too much Star Wars. Yeah. Is like that you're lo you're losing the aura. It's not it's not about giving us too much. It's giving us less, but really good. Uh, <laughs> so I missed that term. Yeah, missing no. the aura. Communications theory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure, it's true. Yeah. I remember that. Um, um, yeah, it's. But yeah, no. Finish your thoughts. Sorry. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember my thoughts now. I just kind of lost it when you were talking about that. Um, go for it. I've lost what I was gonna say. No, again, I'm just. I'm not against more Batman, but because again, most of the time when they gave me more Batman, and I would say post Christian Bale, I was really surprised, I, uh, like uh, happily surprised, because I really am maybe in the marginal side, but I'm really a, I am a fan of the the Batfleck. So Ben Affleck's Batman, I really enjoy, and even Robert Pattinson. We know the movie was really good, even if I'm not too keen on his Batman yet, because we know it's a we discussed this so much, mm -hmm. but we know that his it's it's a first of a multiple movies that are gonna bring him to his true. Batman self hopefully. that he's supposed to be hopefully so if they if they nail the part I'll be down for that I'm, I'm down for more Batman but I'm just like just be careful guys because what what the box office numbers are showing you is that we're not paying attention that much anymore yeah. we're just, we don't care as much about we don't care movies. as much as we did so if you're gonna land this you need to be precise and you need to be, and again, maybe that's why 
we're, we're, we're pissed that it was not launched, but maybe that was not such a dumb decision to cancel Batgirl because they maybe Batgirl would have the same treatment and not a lot of people would have been concerned or implicated into watching that film. So it's it came at a later stage, but I think they're like, okay, now we get it. Like we just, that's why we canceled this film. Yeah, and then what I was going to so, say before is based on the diminishing returns in general, one has to wonder if we're in the twilight of the golden age of the superhero movie. If so what comes next because superhero movies have largely been carrying the box office and like pixar put out a new movie on friday and it's the worst box office opening for a pixar movie because audience for elemental yeah elemental because audiences were conditioned over the pandemic to expect disney movies within 45 days on disney plus and everyone has disney plus true so nobody's going to go see elemental because they're just like i'll wait a month and a half and i'll watch it at home when we don't have yeah. cinemas, are people going to be like, well, what do I watch now? And what, what's the alternative? We've been so like groomed, if you will, to expect superhero movies every couple of months that if they're not there yeah. to prop up movie theaters, ticket sales, uh, there's only so many Tom Cruise movies that can do that. Uh, yeah, that's the segue I was going to make is that July is going to be such an important month in terms of numbers yeah. and see what the if we want to like brainstorm positively or negatively about the future of cinema, July of this year is going to be an interesting topic yeah. because there's a big, big fights coming for July. So for sure. Well, first of all, we have Indiana Jones coming. Yeah. So Indiana Jones is going to be the first one. Yeah where we wonder what might happen, but I'm not sure this is going to be the big box office. Uh, I think it'll be respectable, movie. but it's not going to be like a billion would, dollar movie. No, exactly. It's going to be fine, but yeah. not over the top. I'm going to guess like an but overall it's be the haul of around 700 million before like internationally before it's all done. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. But the big fight is going to be Oppenheimer versus Mission Impossible 7. Oppenheimer versus we'll Barbie. See. And Barbie as yeah. well. Yeah, Oppenheimer versus Barbie versus Mission yeah, Impossible. MI7 has the IMAX and for a week. And then Oppenheimer yeah. comes out and it, it's going to claim the box office. Uh, not the box office, the IMAX screens. At the same day that Barbie comes out. And I'm going to have an article um, coming out probably next week. But it'll be very interesting to see who wins the box office that weekend when Barbie or Oppenheimer comes out. Cause I think it, you want to put some money on it. You want to put some money on Barbie it? takes it like hands down. I think so, but I'm, it's very interesting to see who will win it. Cause I think it'll say a lot about the general movie going audience. I'm, I'm conflicted because I would agree that I think Barbie, Barbie, it's, it's going to be so funny to see that, but I think Barbie will win. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're right. Brand but I'm sh- pretty sure mission impossible won't be far behind. But I think Oppenheimer is going to be the big loser. I think Oppenheimer will be the big loser it, as well, which is interesting because and again, it's got which, a stacked yeah. cast. But more importantly, it's got the IMAX screens for three weeks. But again, it's just that Christopher Nolan chose the wrong topic to make it like a mass audience movie for the, the wrong summer. Topic. I think he chose the wrong or uh, Universal chose the wrong release day. This movie should have been released in or that as well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. It shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, it's a question of timing, yeah. not it's the a November topic movie. of the film. It's not a summer blockbuster movie. It's an Oscar bait movie. Or an October-ish movie yeah. at the latest. But yeah, I mean October, Novo, uh, yeah. November, even December movie. at the. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. But now yeah, they they release it in July, and I think it's gonna happen the same thing that even though it's not the same kind of era, but Tenet had the same problem. Is that like no? Yeah. It's not the same time. It's not the right time to re- to issue, to release that film. But yeah. yeah. At least that was a summer action yeah. type movie. Movie, but this is going to be a black and white biopic. Is it black and white though? Half of I thought it was color. Uh, yeah, sure. So okay. Nolan said that everything that is uh, subjective fact is in color, and everything that is interpretive fact is in black and white. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right. But yeah, no, I think Barbie's going to win it, but yeah. yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, Mass Appeal like families going to it's the cinemas it's, that's that's how it it's pg-13 yeah, that's how you win R-rated. it 
so this is going to be really, I think, a determining factor for the the, the future of movies, like yeah. this July. Yeah. Do people um, want and for super cinema, or do they want movies? I think we I think we will have that we have that answer to that question yeah, already. I think we do. And, and like I said, I think it'll say something about the general movie going audience. And I think this is an experiment, and we'll see mm-hmm. where movies go over the next five years based on this will we see more riskier movies so we got i I would say another risky movie coming to cinemas this year is ridley scott's napoleon true Uh, i mean after the complete bomb that was the last duel which is a fantastic movie the fact that apple gave him like a hundreds of millions of dollars to make a napoleon movie with six battle scenes that's coming to cinemas I don't know if I would be willing to write that check right now. No, 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 no. Because again, he used to make those movies that make like the gladiator, gladiator era, Mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven era, but those days are gone. So no, these movies. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm nervous about Napoleon. And I, I don't want to see those types of movies go away. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for superhero movies, again, it's this, it's this, kind of similar fate as like more cinema authorish movies is that i think they need to rethink their strategy if again if they don't succeed um which one we're saying again the the next superhero movies coming out uh the next one coming out for dc is blue beetle which james gunn said is going to be the first dcu movie and then after that it's aquaman and i have no idea if aquaman is going to be dceu or dcu true because the, yeah it's the, the Zack Snyder cast um so the next superhero films and even I, I say Marvel and DC I put them in the same yeah. category but like if if th- those other releases don't deliver I'm like okay you guys you need to focus on streaming for yeah. for, for or reduce the number of movies I think you're reducing doing would be a good people move. are not re- audiences are not here anymore and I don't know how the numbers are for Guardians 3 um i think they're okay yeah i Again, think they're like sure, solid sure but they were exceptional. Like runaway amazing yeah they, they, they were better they than that anymore maybe yeah maybe for an avengers film but again even then i mean it's not the same cast it's not the same avengers so maybe even like just avengers endgame it's it's the, this era is forever over yeah i have a feeling so that's true. we'll see we got um secret yeah. invasion starting tomorrow I think I'll watch that I'll though because out. I like the 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 the, the spy verse I think or the mm-hmm. spy theme of of it all and I, I liked uh, Samuel L Jackson's Nick Fury so I think I'll watch that I'll for sure. It I'll review it It's been a while site. since I've watched a a more of a Marvel show. I think the last time I the last one I watched was uh, Moon Knight was Hawk, for me. Was it was it Hawk Moon Knight? Yeah, yeah, that was the 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 last one I, I watched. I was gonna say Hawkeye, but no, I watched uh, Moonlight, yeah. Moon Knight. Sorry, and it was after okay. After All right, yeah, yeah, nothing exceptional. Nothing to rush out and go see again. I would rewatch Hawkeye again, though. <laughs> Hawkeye was fantastic. Yeah. I really liked Hawkeye. I would rewatch it again. That's <laughs> it was great. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think that concludes our show. We're at an hour right now. I think it does. Yeah, an Next hour episode. We don't have a date yet when we're gonna record it. But we're going to do one topic and one topic only, and that's Indiana Jones. We're going to bring Screen Hub's Eric Hansen onto the show as well to talk about yeah. all five movies. So we're just we're going to run through mm-hmm. them. We're, we'll do uh, the the first four, and then we'll do our thoughts on the latest one, which is going to be coming out on June thirtieth. So we'll probably record first week of July maybe yeah close to that date because again it's coming out june 30th so that's in two weekends i'm seeing it july 2nd Um, personally yeah all right you already have your your my day picked out yeah because the first is canada day here and i'm gonna be doing like the fireworks and seeing friends and all that Uh, we got fridays off over here as well so la fête nationale la fête nationale yeah Uh, fireworks going on as well and we got the fourth uh, for Eric, because he's over in the States. So we'll have to work out the schedules a little bit. But that is the preview yeah. of the next episode. 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, we'll talk some indie next yeah. time. And uh, but for sure, for the next couple of episodes, at least the next four or five, we'll have a lot of content for you because it's going to be a busy summer. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we want we'll want to do Mission Impossible. We want to do Barbie yeah. for sure. And I think Al, there's some friend there's some friend of ours who want to talk Barbie. I think it's either our friend Alex or the the average Jays. I think they yeah. want they want to talk some Barbie. And, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> so. we'll round up the boys and go see Barbie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Oppenheimer at one at what point? And uh, yeah, we'll do again some Secret Invasion. We'll talk about some the next Marvel show. And I'm missing something, but there's some other good stuff yeah. coming out. There's um, no shortage. Uh, Ahsoka as well. Ahsoka in August. So yeah. no, there'll be some. Uh, it's gonna be a busy time, guys. Yeah. We'll we'll be back some with m- some more stuff. No shortage <laughs> of topics to talk about. And as we know, there's always gonna be trailers and news and things like that. So if you like what you hear here. Give us a like, give us a review, follow the show, spread it around. means a lot to us. Really appreciate it. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, Sean, have a good one. It was a good talk. Good talk. And uh, we'll talk in two weeks with some uh, solid indie. Indiana Jones coming <laughs> up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, Bye guys. guys.